0: This fan base is amazing, the city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right. He's got
1: all sorts of room to the 30. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5,
0: touchdown! Bearcats! 25, toward the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. To Julius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. That's the one-handed catch hands it off to
1: Marcus Jones. He has it. tackled it the 34. That's it. And it is over. Zero losses. Zero doubts. Opportunity seized. As the Bearcats send a message to the college football world,
0: did you see that?
2: Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, Viva La Cats. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats every single week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Viva LaCatsPod and follow us on Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you listen. And also make sure to check out at UC Uniforms for all the up-to-date uni tracker info from Steve. All right, on today's very special episode of Viva Cats, we have none other than the pride and joy of Cincinnati basketball, the mid-range king, the 110%, the on-and-off, the stat sheet boss, the transfer that we wish we had every single one of his years of eligibility because he's a rock-solid, tried-and-true Bearcat, John Newman third. How are you doing,
0: man i'm good that, hey that introduction was fire I appreciate that. <laughs> justin's gotten a lot better
1: he's got yeah. he, the, the one with trayvon scott wasn't as great but with yours he was a lot better
0: yeah i got some big shoes to fill
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it. you're
0: gonna be great for sure for sure man appreciate that man
2: yeah but how you how you doing what do you, what do you got going on today i guess you probably got practice here soon at some point
0: yeah so we got practice in a couple of hours uh I got some shots up this morning around like eight 30. Uh, and then after that we had a lift, then after that I did some recovery. And then right before that, I was just doing right before this, I was just doing some, uh, some more recovery in my house. So nice. I just been kind of just getting ready for practice. It's like college, college basketball, man. You just get up every day and do the same thing over and over again. So yep. I'm just doing, just doing what I do, man. Every day.
2: Yeah. It's a grind too. I mean, I mean, we've, we've definitely talked to some guys over the years and we know it's, it's, uh, every single day, 24 seven grind, but, um, so one question that we want to ask you, so you're one of a handful of the new guys here on the block in Cincinnati. Um, and so for a bit of background, uh, from what we know, you played three seasons at Clemson, um, each season, you kind of had a differing role and expectations. And then after your junior year, you decided to go home to Greensboro and play under West Miller, um, to then find that he was headed to take the job at Cincinnati. Um, so what was it about your time at Clemson, uh, that made you decide that there was time for a change? And then, uh, what made you decide to follow Wes here to Cincinnati? All right.
0: So, um, where it kind of made me realize that I needed to change was kind of like, once I had my injury at the end of my sophomore year, I think things just kind of like, like the energy was different. Mm. Uh, I mean, like the staff and I, uh, I just, I guess just like my recovery process, um i just feel like truthfully i feel like the support wasn't always wasn't all the way there uh and like you know just taking the, the really taking the time with me to make sure i'm getting back to feeling, feeling like 100% healthy yeah so i think there was kind of like a disconnect uh, maybe some miscommunication in some places and that just you know it just kind of like turned me away and made me just want to go somewhere else so then i'm i'm going to uncg and then i just Surpri- I was surprised, just as surprised as anyone else, whenever I found out he was going. I was actually in Chicago, watched okay. my friend and then I just saw, like, on Twitter uh, that he was going, and I was like, man, I was like, listen, Eddie, they, like, they they got a program, like, I hope he take me with him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's, and I got the call, and um, he knew, you know, he wanted me on board. And I knew I wanted to be on board, so I was just I was just excited, man. I tr- I trust him 100. percent Even when I was going to UNCG, um, I just knew that he was someone I wanted to play for. the The way he gives his players freedom, uh, mm-hmm. he puts his trust in all of us, and just kind of the way he takes care of of us, man. It's like it's it's really I really I highly doubt that there's any other place in the country like like any other coach that takes care of his players as well as Coach West does. Like I'm gonna be real, like. Whatever we need, like, he's going to scratch and claw to get it done for us. And, yeah. you know, in turn, t- we go out there and play, you know what I'm saying, play with our hair on fire. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? For him. So, uh, I mean, it's great. I'm just – I'm really – I'm just blessed to be able to play for a coach like him, truthfully, not even trying to gas him up or nothing. Like, I Like, I hit the jackpot. I ain't going to lie. well and that's great to hear too because we we can tell like you know
2: from a fan standpoint we can see the connection that you guys have with wes and we can feel there's a very different energy with wes in the program so
0: yeah yeah he's he's man he's he's incredible man he's incredible he's been great
2: yeah so on sunday
0: john we watched
1: you all uh beat wichita uh, at their place Uh, it's a really tough uh, place to play but the bearcats have played pretty well there. And you guys played awesome on, on Sunday, a huge win on the road. You were down at different points in the game, but you fought your way back. Uh, We've had a couple of close games this season. So I'm just curious from the team standpoint, uh, what do you think is the key to killing off or winning those close games right at the end? And how can you guys carry that uh, as the conference season carries on?
0: Uh, I think, you know, just, just staying together, Um, not letting a run affect our, our, I guess is our mood or our mojo or whatever you call it because uh, you know they, they put together a run we got we got down like I think 12 or something like that or maybe it was more than a little more than that but we just kept fighting you know what I'm saying we're, we're a team that was just like whether we up 20 or down 20 like our goal is to just keep like keep fighting and, and stay stay consistent and play the same way so uh, I think we're kind of starting to figure that out a little bit which is which is encouraging because you know it's tough to win a game a college basketball game uh, alone, but on the road, yeah. even it's tougher, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but I think just that, that togetherness that we have, and then um, I think that kind of, that that's like a strong driver. And then just, you know, just keying in on our on our sense of urgency, you know, some games, some of the games in the past that we lost, we just realized that we didn't have a sense of urgency for certain things. And I think down the stretch uh, as time, you know, the second, second half wears on and, and guys are getting tired I think our togetherness and our urgency that we've kind of like, you know, molded ourselves for has helped us, uh, you know, pull off some, some road wins and big road wins and play well in the road. So.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, and I. Th-
0: oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, sorry,
1: Justin, real quick. Something that I thought was cool was uh, Wes said in his post game uh, radio interview on Sunday that uh, in those final huddles, it wasn't him really talking about uh, what the, all the work you guys did. It was you guys. About, like talking to each other about this is why we worked on these drills. This is why we did all of this just for these moments right here. And like, just as a fan and Wes was excited, like that's, that's cool for us to hear too, that you guys are telling each other, like, yeah, this is why we're here. This is why we did what we did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, he challenges us at the end of every practice, you know, he, he doesn't make it, he, he always says like, what does he say, man? He's like, I'm not going, I'm not going to go easy because that would be cheating y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he just he challenges us at the end of every practice to just push through and, you know, simulate in the second half, you know, guys are getting tired, like I said, but our habits that we establish in practice, you know, what saying what we just we just fall back on that. And, um, you know, we found success. So it's, it's been good, man. It's been good.
2: Well, one thing that um, we wanted to ask you about, too, is because, you know, everybody gets to see John Newman on the court but we want to know what is John Newman like off the court? Cause we've even seen you on the, uh, you know, on the sideline too. You dress pretty well. You got a nice suit. We've seen that too. So we want to know what is it like to uh, be walking the shoes of John Newman uh, when he's not playing basketball?
0: Man, me, I just chill, man. I don't do too much. Uh, I, I mean, I like to play around my teammates and stuff like that. Like I probably seem like a pretty serious dude. I ain't gonna lie, but like, I'm probably the least serious guy you ever meet. but <laughs> <laughs> man, and 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 I like to enjoy myself, kick back in my room. I don't do too much like going out wise. Um, uh, man, I sit here, I, I watch my, my friends are playing on TV. I watch them um, talk to my friends, chill. But I, I ain't gonna lie, I joke, I joke around a whole lot. So like, that's probably one thing that like fans may not see, may not notice. Like, they might see like the gritty side and like might think I'm like. <laughs> meaning to do whatever or something like that but you know I I, I can I can turn it on to turn it off so uh I just be chilling man for real <laughs> so John
1: one of my favorite uh gifts like I coach Chris Chris Lepore he's uh, been putting out like gifts on Twitter of all of you guys doing different things and uh one of my favorite ones is uh I forget if it was a chase down block or you hit a layup but uh, you, you land on the floor, you run over and then you just shake your head like, ah, like you're just like yelling into the (laughs) crowd. Like it's such, I like, I I just love the energy you play with, man. Like it's, it's so cool. So, um, one of our local staples here is skyline chili. Um, you can disparage it. You can say what you want. I just want to hear your honest thoughts. What do
0: you think? Have you tried it? Yeah. Yeah. I've tried skyline, man. I like, I like skyline. I like, I like the Coney's, uh, it, sometimes it'd be too much. Like sometimes the cheese is a little much for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it. I don't want it just like piled on there. Like I don't, I, I'm, I'm more of a, a medium level cheese guy. You know what I'm saying? I don't need too much of that on there. And, uh, but man, I'm, I'm a fan. I actually had on their shirt earlier when I was working out, I had on skyline. Everybody was like roasting me and stuff like that, but it was fire. <laughs> so I went with it. But, uh, nah, I'm, I'm a fan of skyline. I need to try. I need to try. Um, some more items on their menu, but I'm just stuck on the conies right now. So I got to expand my horizon.
2: <laughs> you got to try the, uh, Chilito. If you haven't had a Chilito, that's a, that's a staple.
0: What, what's on that? What's on that? It's well, just so, a yeah.
2: chili cheese.
1: And, uh, if you want onions, you can get onions and it's wrapped in a tortilla. Uh, and it's like, uh, put on the table, steam table for a little bit. And it's good. So, does, uh, does it have the
0: dog in there though, or something? Like, oh, no. Not- <laughs> no,
1: no, no, it does not have that. Just the chili.
0: So oh, that geez. would be interesting. <laughs> okay, that's fine. i might have to try that. Well, and <laughs> I then gotta, uh, I got a gift card. I'm gonna have to run well, it. There, no go. there
1: you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, and then uh, I don't know if you like spicy food, but uh, there's like they have extreme cheese that's uh, regular cheese mixed in with habanero cheese. Just add that to a coney. And that's really like that. That's like that's game changing. Oh, no. All right,
0: fire. Day. I, I love like, man, check it out. I love hot stuff. And I know this ain't the most healthy, but I'm with the hot stuff. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> there, we go. there we go. There
1: we go. That's the good stuff, man.
0: This is necessary, man. <laughs> Wait,
1: you work out more than Justin and I do. So I think you can eat a couple flaming hot Cheetos every
0: now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think I might deserve it. I might deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> He's worked for
2: it. He's worked for it.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, one um another question we want to ask you too. Um you know, you, you kind of seem like you do everything on the floor, which I think is why is why like us as fans have um, like just loved watching you so far this whole season. Um, But if you could like try to summarize very quickly, like what your role on the team is, like if you, if you have a role, if it's just throw everything out there because it's, it's, you know, you get, you're grabbing the assists, you're grabbing the boards, you're grabbing every point you possibly can't like it's, You know, we can't pin you down.
0: (laughs) Man, Ah, truthfully, I I I don't know. (laughs) It sounds crazy to say I don't know my role, but like it's like the way Coach West wants us to play is so free that like I really don't even think about I just be going out there and hooping for real. Like, yeah. I know uh I mean I can tell you what he expects at the bare minimum, like at the bare minimum. This is like if you're not doing this, you're not gonna play. It's to defend and and be unselfish, you know. So uh, that and that was a big reason why I was why I was gonna go to UNCG with him is because like I for one I knew I could trust him. I known him yeah. since I was like 13 years old, so I knew I could wow. trust him. And then uh, and then two like I'm like all right, the bare minimum I gotta do is defend, which I do well, and then be a good teammate and be unselfish, and that's just me as a person. So like there's no pressure, you know what I'm saying? So i just be going out there and playing. But if I had to summarize my role, I would just say, uh, like, just be a vet. And and by that, I mean like, uh, you know, try to limit my turnovers. Of course, you know, you have been yeah. aggressive. If you're being aggressive, you're gonna have turnovers and stuff like that. So, but you know, take care of the ball, um, you know, Play with, play with good pace, run our sets good, defend at a high level. Um, I ain't going to lie. Pray, I'd probably just say everything, man. I'm going <laughs> to say everything. Say, the I, everything I'll, guy. I'm going set myself short, man. Let me just say everything. For sure.
1: <laughs> That's all right. You're just humble. That's okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm good with that. I, I talk too much about myself, so, you know, I, I like the other way around. Um. So, John, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, yeah, we've seen you've uh, gotten into uh, – You have your own line of shirts now uh, at Cincy Shirts. Uh, So as someone who's been on both sides of pre-NIL and post-NIL,
0: what's that like to be able to get your brand out there? Man, super dope, man. It's been a blessing. It's been a huge blessing. Uh, I've always been one that's, like, saved money, but uh, the fact that I'm getting more now has just allowed me to save more and more and more. So, uh, man, that's been great. It's been great with my bank account for sure. Um, it's been good because I've been able to give like my family and like people who support me like something to i guess like that they can like touch and like show that like hey like I'm with this guy, you know what yeah. um, and that's like something that's like that's just huge for me, you know like even if i mean and, and granted like some people don't buy that that still support me, but like the the people that do and um like it, just, it just means the world to me, man. Like even if I, I may not even say it, but like if I see somebody with my straight on, like that's gonna, it's gonna make me really happy. I'm not gonna lie, because it's just like besides the money, like you could throw out the money, but it's just the, the genuine support and the fact that they took time out of their day to actually go and get that. You know, that's that's huge. So it's it's dope to see that, dope to see the support. And then as far as you know, athletes, other athletes getting paid, like it's it's talented people out here. And I'm just, I'm just glad that people are able to profit off of it because it's been a lot of times where like people might get to college or so they come out of high school and they get to college and it ain't, they're not, you know what I'm saying, what they're supposed to be. And then, you know, but before they're projecting, Oh, he's going to make it to the next level. He's going to make all this, but if he's not making that, he can make that in college so he right. can profit some, like at least something that uh, offers of hard work. And then, um, you know for, for people that, that are panning out and, and doing well, like you know, you should be at profit off of that because people work jobs, and the, the, the more valuable you, you are as a job, the more money you're going to get, and the more opportunities you're going to have. Mm-hmm. So, I treat it like the real world, man. You know, we're college students, we're all adults here, so it's, yeah, it's been-
2: well, definitely. That's, I mean, and I really love the way that you put that, too. Um, and one thing I find really interesting with all of these NIL opportunities as well is that I think now we need. There, there needs to be another shirt that's got the dunk that you had against ECU at the end of the game. Somebody's got to have a good picture of that somewhere. It's got to sure. be on there because, I mean, so what we do too, do like I, every game, like I'll go through and clip, throw out the clips afterwards on Twitter or do um, live just because I like to get those out. People want to see the highlights. Sure. When I was watching that live, I stood up out of my chair and I was just having a good time (laughs) it was fun and and so well so one thing i want to ask is what do you think your favorite highlight would be from this season so far because you've had there's been a couple i i would say my favorite personally is that ankle break that turnaround fader that you had against miami because that dude went all the way you know past the baseline under the hoop i lost it when that happened (laughs)
0: Crazy. I'm like, yo, what? Like I really <laughs> I definitely surprised myself a little bit that way, with that <laughs> one. Um, my favorite highlight. Ooh, uh, I'll probably go with I'd probably go with the same one, truthfully. Because yeah. like, I was surprised. I'm like, I mean, I've worked I worked on that move with my cousin like since I was like 12 years old, for real. Like it's, like seriously, 12 years old. Like he would just have me shot fake at the top of the key spin off mid range. You know what I'm saying? I used, I used to shoot like 200 mid range a day. So, uh, you know, that, that move. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. That was my favorite. It just, I just thought it was just look good. I ain't gonna lie.
2: Yeah. Well that, that, I mean, for me, this is another good transition to the next question too. Personal anecdote. My favorite NBA player is DeMar DeRozan because I'm a sucker for mid range. Like I just love mid range game. And he, I think anybody in the NBA, he's the best at it. Um, But I I guess I would ask you, like, who would you say that you've modeled your game after the most? Or, like, who do you look up to the most in the NBA? And um, if even if not that, then then just who's your
0: favorite NBA player? Yeah. Oh, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like, DeMar DeRozan probably, I probably go with DeMar DeRozan (laughs) because I've actually liked DeMar for a long time. Like, I was like him when he was with the Spurs, truthfully. Yeah. It's like, I just like the pace that he plays with. You know, he's never like, you can't really speed him up for real. Like yeah. he played it look it damn near looks like he's like walking whenever he plays. He just be yeah. at his own little pace. You can't speed him up. He's strong. He can give you the body score on you. Um plays great in the mid range. So like I was definitely in the like I've always been looking at his his mid range highlights. He has like a, a mid range uh like compilation. Yeah. Sometimes um I like CJ McCollum. Yeah, uh, for sure. And then, yeah, I ain't going to lie. I'm biased, but, I mean, I got Kobe White. He's, like, one of my favorite players. Another bull. Best, yeah, he's my best friend. So, I'm like, all right, I just like watching him play because that's my boy, and he can score. So, why yeah. not like him? You <laughs> know. Double but, dip, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> been he's been awesome for the Bulls this year. Bulls has been pretty fun to watch. Um, so, John, just a simple question. Why are spoons the best utensil? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Man, they're the best utensil, man. It's just a smooth service on the bottom. It's not too much on your teeth. You know what I'm saying? You can, I mean, okay, granted, you can't eat everything on the menu with the, with the spoon, but it's just smooth. Like you know what I'm saying? The the fork, it would be hitting my teeth sometimes, parts and stuff like that. I'm just not trying to have all that. And I and I grew up. I like I grew up eating like a bunch of oatmeal and applesauce. So okay. like I, would spoon. I I love spoons. I don't like fork. <laughs> My family still makes fun of me for it, always using a spoon, but, like, it gets the job done. So, I, I rock out. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to
1: try eating more things with a spoon now. Yeah. Like, you really brought to light something that I hadn't thought about. I was like, you know what? I don't eat enough spoon food. So, like, I mean, you're right, though. Like, smooth on the bottom. Like, it goes down easy. You're not poking your teeth or your tongue <laughs> or anything. Yeah.
0: You know, life gets a little easier when you use spoons more, man. <laughs> yeah and i'm a big
1: cereal guy too so i, I like i definitely agree with you i, I loved oatmeal and applesauce growing up and like uh we had mandarin oranges and like uh pineapple cups as a kid too you know mm-hmm. and you, you can't eat that as, with a fork yeah you gotta eat that <laughs> with a spoon yeah
0: <laughs> no you're exactly right and i literally i got i remember i think i got what christmas that i think it was like, that was like 2013 christmas i got like i had i went through like a cereal like phase where all I was eating was cereal and I got yeah. like, for Christmas <laughs> I got cereal
1: in a PS3 yeah. <laughs> there you go. what else do you need <laughs> yeah. that's
0: all I, that's all I got and that's all I wanted man well I, mean, I have
1: that's that's perfect <laughs> like I don't know what else you could want like that's that's pretty good All
2: we need. well then I have one last question that has to do with the spoons then what is the Weirdest food that you could possibly think of to eat with a spoon. Mm,
0: the weirdest food.
2: That's a good question. That you would actually do.
0: I ain't gonna lie. I have eaten uh, sauteed spinach with a spoon. <laughs> okay. I, I Interesting. Sauteed saute spinach a whole lot, and I, I've definitely eaten that a couple times with a spoon. So that's that's definitely like you wouldn't expect that. You wouldn't expect that. <laughs> Okay.
1: I think that's fair. I don't think I would expect that, but I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not, again, John, I'm not going to knock it until I try it. So yeah. I, <laughs> I uh, Justin, I'll answer that question too. I've, I've eaten uh, like pasta with a spoon. Like you just cut it up, but they, because they give you the spoon sometimes when you like go to like a, like an olive garden or whatever, they give you the spoon with the, the dish, you know? So yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just scoop it onto the spoon sometimes and eat it like that. And I, I didn't know for the longest time that it was actually just for you to twirl your pasta.
2: I thought it was just, they're <laughs>
1: handing you a spoon to eat it. So
0: I will make use of it.
2: <laughs> Might as well. Oh, cool. Steve, do you have any other questions here for John? Cause I think that's gone through our whole rundown. So
1: no, John, just uh, good luck with everything the rest of the way. It's been great talking to you. I, like I, I just love your energy on the court, man. You've been like an awesome uh, player to watch this year, and we've loved uh, having you in Cincinnati. I hope you feel the same love uh, from the fan base because okay. we definitely like appreciate having you here, and like it's tangible energy from you every time yeah. you're on the court. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, man. I, I, I love it here, man. I, I can't say it enough. This is – this is the place to be. I ain't gonna lie. I'll tell anybody, any young guy, that's what I like, like, this is where you want to be, man. For real. So, I mean, I appreciate y'all having me on and and believing in in me and I'm just going to continue to rock, man. Absolutely. Well,
2: and Hey listeners too, if you're not already following him, I believe it's underscore J rock 15
0: on Twitter. There you go. And and Instagram, man. Y'all follow me. Check me out, man. Get up with me.
2: Make sure to shoot him a follow. And uh maybe dabble in that NIL too. Grab one of those shirts. Uh, indulge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> indulge. Well, thank you, John. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, man.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Take care.
1: All righty, Justin. So we are going to reprise our uh PTI segment from earlier this year. Pardon the bear interruption, but here i am with my friend justin hiles and we are going to talk about some quick bearcat topics we're going to stretch it out a little bit Uh, we're going to make them five minutes each but i do want to talk about some things so first justin timer starting now we are going to talk about some bearcats basketball last week was a pretty good good week for the bearcats we had the ecu win at home with our guest john newman closing it out at the end of the game uh, for a 79-71 win, but I really want to talk more about the game that was just played this Sunday where the Wichita State Shockers fell once again at their home to the hand of the Cincinnati Bearcats. So, Justin, what stood out to you from the, Miami, uh, from the
2: Wichita game? Um, I think the biggest thing that I saw from the Wichita game would probably just be um, just trying to keep some consistency I think what we're seeing now, uh, especially with the, you know, keep getting farther into the season with the Bearcats, is that every single game has looked a bit different. Um, But I think there's some underlying consistencies. Um, But the three ball, I think, is really important. Because when the three ball is hitting, we are riding free. It is a no-problem kind of game. But when we're struggling from the three, I think that's when we... um, end up kind of trying to shift the way that we play or sometimes we're forcing the threes up um, and not really playing together. Um, But ultimately what we showed was some perseverance because the Bearcats were down for a decent part of this game um, and ended up coming back. And then once they got it going, um, it was the, I believe we switched roles right around the start of the second quarter or second half. um, And Wichita was, going right back up and they went on a pretty good run. Um, then we kept pace and then with about eight minutes or so left, we tied it back up and, and it was possession for possession, bucket for bucket basketball until the end where the Bearcats ended up, um, pulling it out. And there's a couple of mistakes by Wichita too, which did help in our favor. Um, but ultimately I think we showed some resilience at the end and we ended up, uh, figuring out what to do to pull it out. And as John had said earlier, um the most important part is just playing together. I think once they kind of um they're they're working together not trying to force anything, I think that's when we really play the best basketball.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I just want to talk about real quick. UC has won uh 3 out of their last 4 games uh at the Roundhouse in Wichita. Uh Justin just on like a a like a fan level, do you still get up for this game? Does Wichita still excite you as an opponent because uh, I'll be honest, without Greg Marshall, the f- same fire that I used to have for them is not there right now.
2: I would uh, I, I would say I have to agree with you, unfortunately. Um, I think the hardest part that we're starting to find, and honestly, I think you can probably agree with me here, and I think a lot of people would agree to the same point, is that it feels like a lot of rivalries got snuffed out with COVID. Um, unfortunately, I mean, that part sucks, but it feels like a lot of the big games that we had... Um, year in and year out. Of course, I think Memphis is still a huge one. Houston's going to be a big one. We just unfortunately didn't get to have that yet, uh, which we will soon hear coming up in February at home. But um, Wichita was like one of our biggest games every single year. Um, And I agree without uh, Marshall there and with some changes in just the way that we've structured everything um, in our team, I think there's been so much turnover. It just doesn't feel the same, unfortunately. But Regardless, it's still fun to play in because they have a very raucous environment.
1: Yeah, a uh, few empty seats there, though, early. Yeah, that's um, true. Maybe more people were in uh, Kansas City for the Chiefs game that night. Probably. But either way, it was a very good win for the Bearcats, a, a game where the previous Sunday we saw them lose uh, in a road environment at Memphis, uh, probably even more rockets than Wichita State. Um, and they were close at the end, but they... Couldn't hold on, and they uh, they dropped that game. And it was good to see them beat Wichita. Wichita now 0-4 in conference play, which is very weird. But uh, they ran into the, the Tulane buzzsaw that we've been talking about recently. So uh, I, I guess Tulane's just good now? Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> either way, it's still a very satisfying win at Wichita. Uh, another note real quick. Oscar Robertson is always going to hold the scoring record at that arena, which I think is pretty cool. He scored 50 there uh, in the third ever game played between the two in 1958. And uh, I think that's pretty neat that uh, Oscar
2: was that legendary that he just holds a record like that at someone else's building. Definitely. Well, one thing actually um, I want to correct myself on, I'm looking back at the stats specifically now, but I think this is a thing that we've kind of run into this season with different um, outputs after the game. We actually shot th- uh 39% if you're rounding from the three in the Wichita game, but it didn't feel like that. I don't know. Maybe I just felt differently. Maybe I think we should have been lighting it up more, but.
1: Uh, there was that a, a couple, <laughs>
2: couple
1: clangers, a couple ones went off. Um, yeah. But. Like we said, uh, it's it's been a little bit of a weird year. When, once the Bearcats get hot, though, uh, it's been a lot better for us. Um, so, Justin, I want to talk about real quick uh, the AAC. It's a little bit all over the place in basketball. So, uh, mm-hmm. looking at the current conference standings, we have Houston in first place with a 4-1 and one conference record. And then after that, which I thought was weird, thats that – that, uh, SMU has also has a 4 and 1 conference record, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. have known it if you only watched Houston is 4 and 0 actually in conference. i take that back. You wouldn't have known that uh, SMU is 4 and 1 though after the way the Bearcats beat them up because my goodness, yeah. but Bearcats really just took them to the woodshed. Um yeah. Tulane uh is 4 and 2. Cincinnati and Temple are tied at 3 and 2. Uh and then Memphis is 3 and 3 after a weird loss on at the buzzer against ecu last saturday night mm-hmm. uh, ecu is two and two ucf two and three after somewhat of a hot start uh south florida one and three uh in conference six and ten overall like when are we going to get that program together uh that that is just a
2: a mess um, in any sport yes yes except for baseball i guess but
1: and then uh i forget the name of this rivalry but Wichita State and Tulsa are both 0-4. And, 4, and uh, guess who comes to Fifth Third Arena for a nice Q4 game on Thursday night? Yes, <laughs> the same Tulsa Golden Hurricane and Frank Haith. Uh, love you, buddy. Uh, thanks for giving us all these free wins over the years. So, Justin, uh, this is a very weird uh, conference this year. But I think once we get into the Big 12, we might miss some of these like easy games a little bit just because yeah. we're going to be like yeah it wasn't it's not as fun playing three straight top ten teams, you know i, I kind of liked playing at Tulsa every now
2: and then win by thirty, yeah oh, well, I'm with you too like i I think that's gonna be a really tough part of uh sort of i guess it's not realignment, just shifting conferences is there's no more cupcakes. we don't get to this anymore. um, everybody in the big twelve is gonna be gunning for you, and I think um all of the different environments too that we're gonna have to play in. Um, The away arenas are going to be much more challenging, too. Um, It'll be interesting to see kind of how the Bearcats shift um, over the next few years. And I think recruiting is going to play a role in that, too. But, um, you know, we're going to need some world-beaten kind of uh, play in the Big 12 if we want to keep pace. Because, you know, dropping one to, uh, which, again, was an odd one, but dropping one to Tulane, um, even a team like Memphis, like, we got to be picking those up if we want to be able to keep pace in the big 12. Um, One of the, one thing I wanted to run through real quick, just, I mean, you kind of already went through it. I'm just going to go on the other side of that board. The overalls for the team too, on the season are pretty crazy. When you look at the way that this um, conference generally stacks up, you know, generally there's like a few, eh, I'd say there's like two or three teams that are in like the 25, 26 range. Eh, whatever. And then in the middle, there's some middle of the pack teams, but like right now we have a 15 and two Houston, 13 and four SMU, seven and eight Tulane, 13 and five Cincinnati, 10 and six Temple, nine and seven Memphis, 11 and five ECU, 10 and five UCF, six and 10 US or USF, seven and or nine and seven Wichita and six and nine Tulsa. Like, it ju- I think it just goes to show how weird this year has been because generally like there's there's a structure and an order and all these teams that have these you know Tulane being uh, second or third in conference right now is pretty nuts considering that they have a losing record on the season I mean and if you look at the teams that they played I tweeted this out earlier this week and I just want to say it again Southeastern Louisiana Southern Drexel Toledo Valparaiso uh, Charleston like the teams that East or Tulane has lost to to then be ahead of us in conference is just insane to me because somehow they've managed to put it together after all their cupcake games that they were supposed to have which I I don't understand how that works but I think college basketball in general we're starting to see a trend this year any team can get beat
1: so uh, I'm gonna just take from this that uh, risk uh, that the Ruth's Chris as helping Tulane play better than the Wendy's was. Uh, If you guys remember that quote from uh, a few years back when (laughs) Ron Hunter was at Georgia state and they played the Bearcats uh, (laughs) in the first round of the canceled tournament, Uh, they were supposed to play, but unfortunately did not happen. But yeah, you're right, Justin. uh, I am just going to be interested in seeing how the Tulane world beaters are going to do this year, because I do not believe we play them uh, again. Uh, Yeah, we don't play them again. So I want to see how bad or how good of a loss that can be.
2: Yeah, perfect.
1: Good timing there. So we're going to move on to our next topic. Uh, We got some coaching turnover uh, in Bearcats football. Just by the way, before I start the timer, uh, for all of your bracketology needs, let's uh, focus not on uh, real humans, but let's just look at numbers uh, because that's how uh, these algorithms want us to work nowadays. Uh, stray away from the real people and uh, just look at the metaverse, you know, look at the numbers. But
2: No opinions. Uh, yeah, no Strictly opinions. Strictly information. Data. But, uh,
1: but actually, like, uh, Net and the Ken Palm and also Bracketologist.com, like, uh, all of those numbers-based sites are favoring the Bearcats a little bit more than like guys like Joe Lunardi are for the tournament. And uh, I think that's that's interesting uh, because, Justin, we talked about it last week. We were uh, not very concerned with the Bearcats making the tournament. We knew this was going to be an up-and-down year, but uh, it's, it's, it's starting to become realistic uh, after the last couple wins. And like, like we said, if they keep winning, you never know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a legitimate possibility. And if we can keep up the momentum we've had in the past few games, um, especially once we get Memphis and Houston, I believe, back to back at home uh, early February. Yep. On the third and the sixth, uh, when we get them back to back, that's going to be if we can win those. I think if we win those two games and just perform to expectation for the rest, we win. We, we're, we're, we're in. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh we maybe even one yeah I, I read something on uh, the athletic today for uh from eamon brennan he does a bubble watch column uh ten thousand words so if you need uh something to read for about 10 minutes uh do that <laughs> but uh it was good though uh the, his section on the american was talking about how houston is basically a lock for the tournament but uh, the league is relying on memphis to possibly be its second bid and a you don't want your league to be relying on Memphis for a second bid because Memphis is a – anytime they're not playing the Bearcats, it seems like a crazy situation. I would suggest following yeah. the Memphis Beat Reporter because it is crazy to see how many times like Penny's thrown his guys under the bus, like how many mm-hmm. weird things are going on there. So uh, if you ever need entertainment, look up what's going on with Memphis basketball today. <laughs> and uh,
2: It is – a little bit of a dumpster fire, but somehow they're still successful. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, we'll start the timer again. Justin, we are moving on to Bearcat football. Yes, the season is over, but the off season is just starting. Uh, there's a little bit of coaching turnover right now. We did talk about Mike Denbrock leaving uh, as expected. Mm-hmm. Gino Gaduli, uh, will the Highlands high quarterback and uh, UC legend will take over the reins as offensive coordinator. I thought it was weird that he was the play caller this year. Um, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I thought it was just going to be pass plays, but I guess Denbrock just had all his, he just had the override button, but Dina was calling the plays. What, what was your take on that real quick?
2: You know, I did not like this news from a, just a, standpoint of looking obviously we've had a very functional offense anybody who said anything else is lying to themselves but i think to the same point you would expect that you know you get some turnover here and then some gino walks in this role and you're like okay breath of fresh air and i don't necessarily think it's a negative thing and i i really want to know what like the distribution was between Geno making calls or Denbrock making calls and overrides, but also the really interesting thing here beyond Geno being the play caller is the fact that Denbrock was basically stripped of his duties before he, but like before he left, I mean, in in 2021, like the whole season from what it sounds like, I'm, you know, and that's just a, from what it sounds like, but I think it's funny that Brian Kelly is going to then be taking in Denbrock as his OC. And I'm wondering if he's just, along for the ride <laughs> i don't know
1: I, I I just thought that was weird um but i, I think uh, the offense definitely when it was humming like that ucf game it was humming on full cylinders that was awesome like that was great. Yeah. i was a big fan of that in
2: uh smu like, too
1: yes it, uh, i agree in the big games at home it was really humming so If Mm -hmm. Gino can keep that rhythm going, then I'm perfectly fine with it. And, you know, that's probably a first-time play caller jitters and stuff. Like, just a chance for him to really learn and get better this year. So, um, all right. Uh, The other side of the ball, uh, as we may or may not have said, uh, special teams coordinator Brian Mason is uh, headed to Notre Dame to join uh, Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish. So, good for him. Uh, But our safeties and corners coach, Perry Eliano, is moving on to uh, the dreaded Ohio State uh, to take over in that <laughs> role. Uh, but the former secondaries and corners coach, uh, Kerry Combs, also affectionately referred to as Westside Jesus for his role as uh, uh, an instrumental role in helping the Coloring Cardinals football program, which you are a, a fan of, Justin. Is that correct? Uh, you're a alum of that school. So um, he kind of helped really stabilized that program. And, uh, and then he was on a cham- uh, state championship for Colerain, was hired at UC during the Brian Kelly years, left for Ohio State, went to the Titans for a bit, came back to Ohio State, was let go this year, and then came here. So, Justin, give me your thoughts on your man, your myth, or all our entire legend, Westside Jesus, Kerry Combs.
2: Kerry Combs, if you don't know him, you'll and if you're if you're not like a you know long time Bearcats fan if you've only picked up in the past few years um and you haven't you know been a lifetime you probably wouldn't recognize Kerry Combs right off the bat but if you've watched any OSU games by any chance um you've probably seen Kerry Combs before Kerry Combs is a very notable figure uh from the west side um Like Steve had just mentioned, he was a very prolific uh, high school coach for Coleraine. I grew up uh, watching him, you know, come to the elementary schools and middle schools, um, trying to get everybody excited, you know, for pep rallies, kind of stuff like that. Um, But beyond that, his, you know, I think... I'm not going to speak on anything specifically coaching because that's going to get into way too much detail that I don't have enough information about. Um, I know some people just... Aren't really sure about the uh, Carrie Combs hire, but what I can tell you much, uh, is this much Carrie Combs, beyond anything else, is what Bearcat culture needs because he fits in, he's a ride and die for the players. He's the you know kind of guy who will try to help mold that culture, especially into a winning one. And again, you guys have to like think of it from this perspective too, he's coming from OSU. You know, I think we've seen, like, over the years, like, okay, everybody's going to say, like, you know, if you're a dedicated Bearcats fan, oh, what? Okay, Kerry Combs has to, you know, or is going to be this world-beater team. You know, they're in a different league. But, honestly, we're on similar playing fields now, I think. And what's happening with Kerry Combs being in here is he's trying to—I br- think he'll bring a little bit more of that experience and winning culture at that higher level, which is something that we could use. You know, and— We've, we're we coming off a year with Sauce and Kobe and, you know, these elite corners. Um, so it's hard to say that he's going to do a better job than that because I think it's really hard to, to beat developing talent like that. Um, but I think he's a good fit. He's got veteran experience. And I think that uh, it makes sense for him to be on the Bearcats because he's from Cincinnati, too. Yeah.
1: And uh, he's like, like you said, he's a recruiter uh, and mm-hmm. Let me let y'all in on a little secret uh, that you may or may not know. Uh, he's going to be the special teams coordinator, but Coach Fickle coordinates the – he coaches the special teams uh, during yep. practice. So um, Kerry Combs is brought is going to be brought here to definitely coach corners during practice, but really it's going to be his energy and recruiting prowess uh, that is really going to help us. And we've even seen dividends already. There's a five-star corner whose name is escaping me currently. But- Aaron
2: Joshua Harris. Yeah, who said
1: go. Cincinnati is uh, now uh, one of his top schools, and that is uh, possibly just based on that relationship with Kerry Combs, you know. And he mm-hmm. also saw what Sauce and Kobe did this year, probably. But yep. uh, I think people just need to look at it for what it is. It's going to be a great recruiting hire. So, yeah. Um, so, and I'm happy to see his smiling face. Wearing polo shirts in 20-degree weather on the sideline. I don't know if he's yep. still doing that. <laughs> uh, I hope he is, though. But uh, He's
2: got skin thick as... Concrete.
1: <laughs> uh, just a little background. I my dad used to work at Colrain as well, so I I know Kerry just a little bit, uh, like just a small personal relationship with him. If he if I walked up to him and shook his hand, he might remember me. Uh, he might not. I don't. You know, it's just one of those things. But he's a nice guy, and uh, if you follow him, just be prepared for hashtags. Uh, everything in <laughs> yeah. the second part of his tweet is a hashtag.
2: Okay. A- anything Kerry would know about me, I would be like a. I guess a foundling of the whole football era. That's it. Well, Hey,
1: we, we, we're connected to the program now, so we bring Kerry yeah. comes on. That's going kind to of be the most electric interview he'll, uh, we will ever have on this show.
2: Yeah, hey, um, I mean, we're, we're true Westsiders. It makes sense. We should, we should just try to get Kerry in as ASAP.
1: Just go to his house. He's still got a house here. Yeah.
2: Oh, for sure. No
1: relocation costs. Um, yeah. Did you know, Justin, that he actually like for a short time before he got like a uh, living situation up up there, he uh, he lived in um, uh, he lived here and would drive up to to Columbus. Yes, I did know that. Yes, this is crazy. Which man. is just
2: nuts. Like, like that's dude. a ninety minute drive minimum.
1: And we both know him; he's probably just like bouncing off the walls too the entire time. Oh, he-
2: Get, he to is get up blaring there. like some kind of '80s music, like <laughs> deafening volume down, uh, uh seventy-five or four, yep, four. So, man, I've been out of since he too long. Goodness, yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, uh, real, <laughs> real quick, just some players that are coming back and players that are going. Obviously, notable departures: Jerome Ford, Desmond Ritter, j Sanders, Kobe Bryant, Sauce Gardner, all of those guys. You know, I. Those mm-hmm. guys who were so instrumental to this run, uh, definitely great Bearcats. Some interesting names returning though. Uh, Josh Wiley, uh, Lanny Turner, Malik Van, uh, Wilson Huber, James Tunstall. Uh, there's a good amount of so- uh, super seniors returning, and it looks like that offense is definitely going to be something to be reckoned with again. So, uh, well, and then uh, speaking of Cole Rain, Javon Hicks is also back on the defensive yep. side, um, and Pace. And- yeah, uh, and we got a new new Pace, uh, Ivan Pace, uh, <laughs> older brother of Deshaun Pace. So, uh, and with I, 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 it was funny when uh, UC was tweeting out recruiting graphics last week, talking about like uh, local teams they had. Like the Colerain graphic was the biggest of them all because it had yeah like, seven six guys players,
2: on six team. or seven. Yeah, so. if you if you uh, want to do yourselves a favor as listeners, uh, go. Find his uh Ivan's go find his huddle page and just watch the stuff from Corrine. It's freaking stupid. Like, I remember multiple seeing like, mul- and I'm trying to remember what year he graduated. I want to say he was 17 or 18 because he, he was on
1: the uh 18 because 18, I think. Yeah, he's a third year uh student but he student athlete, but he's got two more years, so yeah, probably 18.
2: Uh, it, it was stupid like 100 multiple 100 yard pick sixes <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> insane i mean it's it's high school ball where like if you're really good you're you know going to dominate but still like just stupid plays yep yeah.
1: uh Orain has definitely been a little bit of a pipeline for us so uh and hopefully that pipeline keeps going because Orain always seems to have like some really good players even if like the whole team isn't like that great. They always seem to have some studs on their team. So,
2: Oh, there's some studs for sure. Alrighty. uh, More of those may be coming out of Lakota West though, because I just believe firmly in uh, Tom Bolton anyways.
1: Yeah. Uh, But then also the Bearcats added, like we, like you predicted uh, Ben Bryant, Ben Bryant, uh, quarterback. And uh, I'm interested, Justin, uh, if that's just going to be, they said it's going to be a competition, but, I wonder if Ben Bryan actually has a chance of uh, winning this job. We can talk about that later. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, all, the Bearcats, also added that kicking transfer. We talked about Ivan Pace and for from uh, my beloved third, uh, second college football team, the uh, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. So there you go. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on uh, in Hawaii right now uh, with their coaching uh, pro- yes. program. You know, so. Look that up if you want to get depressed for a second. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. You see hockey real quick, Justin? Uh, yeah. They have started four and zero, and they are wearing uh, a version of the Ottawa Senators retro jerseys with the stripes up and down the sides uh, and the C Paul logo in the middle. It is awesome. They are also playing some good hockey. Uh, they are a club hockey team currently, but there is some. Potential, maybe if they get enough, if they get the right donor, or if they get enough investors, that they could eventually become a D one hockey team. So, Justin, what I'm thinking is, there's a building on campus, and a a guy from Homefield Apparel just wrote about this in their a recent beautiful uh, building. Yeah, a beautiful building that's kind of hidden, kind of in the uh, kind of stuck out there. Uh, its name is the Armory Fieldhouse, and yes, Justin. I'm vibing with what you're saying, but I am only seeing it on the run sheet. The people need to hear your idea. Give it to me.
2: Armory Fieldhouse has to be an ice hockey rink. And I, I honestly think that there is a realistic like advantage to doing so because A, that would first of all, it just gives the opportunity for them to expand um you know obviously our program but i think it as well it could also give some opportunities some other local programs and schools that could come in and play they can make money off that rink pretty easily because right now i mean it's pretty much just sports plus that's the only real like rink that a lot of people are playing at in the city because there's not a lot of them it's this isn't canada this isn't michigan where i currently live where there's a hockey rink every 10 minutes it's not minnesota it's not like these northern states where it's got like cincinnati has No other rinks other than Sports Plus that I can think of. They're probably out there. I just don't know of them. But regardless, I think a full year ice hockey rink would be huge for the program. And I think it would be big for the city, too, and being able to use that for other teams. But also, Armory Fieldhouse is taking up space. It's historic. And I think that would be it, it, it would be giving it justice to be putting a real rink in there or putting some doing something with that building and not just letting it sit there and rot. Um, and I think it just makes sense. It's just whether or not there would do anything about it. And I think too, there's one advantage, um, that may give some leverage to it probably won't come of anything, but, uh, John Cunningham being coming from Minnesota. Hockey's big up there. Like that's a, that's, that's a, you know, huge sport for them up there. So I think to look at this in the same respect, like he knows what that kind of culture is like, and it has that experience um, working in an athletic department. I think that could also be brought here too. I would like to see it, but who knows? Probably will never happen.
1: Um, yeah, just probably wishful not. thinking. Uh, and I was told when I I tweeted out an idea, Texas earlier this year, didn't I? Uh, did a, a cool concept where they used their former basketball court. Now current women's basketball and volleyball gym, uh, as a, they used it for a students only home men's basketball game, uh, which is a, yeah, I a saw very that. cool idea. And like super uh, cool. I, I thought it would be awesome if something similar could happen in the armory, but I was told there's asbestos in there and you would really need to pay <laughs> a lot of money to gut it. But if you're getting a hockey program, there's a lot of money coming in. So that could definitely happen. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ring the bell early here, and we are yep. going to move on uh, to our final topic that does not need any a time bell limit. No bells. There's our bell for the hockey <laughs> team, Justin. Let's talk about those Bengals, baby.
2: The curse is broken, my friends.
1: Bo Jackson.
2: The curse is broken.
1: Bo Jackson. I hope you're having a wonderful day. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I am honestly, man, this is awesome.
2: It's, it's amazing. Like, you know, we, I think, I think the most incredible part about this is if you go full circle, you look at the whole scenario, it's been 31 years since the Bengals have won a playoff game, which also means it's been 31 years since any pro team in Cincinnati has won a playoff game, which includes you at Reds. We've got problems to discuss with you later. Some other time, regardless talking to you, Castellanis. Anyways, regardless, the Bengals finally did it, and I think what's happening now is you're seeing this culture shift where it looks like there's a legitimate shot for the Bengals to stay. uh, Like This is a perennial thing where we're going to be in the playoffs Um, because you look at the core, like the youth, the age across the board is so young, and if we can retain these players, it's only going to keep getting bigger. And As long as the you know, the ownership group, the front office keeps investing in this team. I don't see how this train slows down anytime soon.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh I want to hear your take from watching it uh, on TV. But um, yeah, um I was there on, on Saturday. I got to be honest. Uh, I don't think I drank any water uh, <laughs> after about 1.30 p.m. Um, <laughs> all of the drinks I were drinking were canned and uh alcoholic. Uh, so... There was, I don't know. I was that fourth down play. I was like, I was watching, but I was like crouched over. I was hoping for the best, and then I couldn't even see that he picked it off. Honestly, our seats were a little bit far away. I thought he just like broke it up or knocked it down. I knew that they didn't score, so I was like, the the crying muscles were going, but there was no (laughs) tears coming out of me because it was cold and I was freezing, but. Man, what an experience in the stadium! Uh, just you know, I put it on my Instagram caption. And I said, "I just watched the Bengals win a playoff game with my own eyes, and I still don't believe it." <laughs> it's <was just>, yeah. <laughs> something where you don't think about it. This franchise has obviously not been great uh, so over the past thirty-one years, and they've been good enough where they could have won. But and Joe Burrow really just he breaks it all open. He is something different and. I love his attitude too. He's just like, you know what? I'm happy for the fans. I'm happy for the city, but this is not the icing on the cake. This is the cake. This is what our baseline, we want our baseline to be over uh, my yeah. entire time here. And like, just for someone who's my age to be saying something like that is just yeah. so cool. Just so cool. Yeah. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm in awe of Joe Burrow. Uh, I would do anything for that man. Take a bullet for him. I I think that's fair to say. Uh, <laughs>
2: Justin, Depends like, on where. <laughs>
1: what was it? What was it like watching uh, watching at home?
2: Um, I gotta say, Joey franchise put on a show. But overall, like being able to see it like two on TV, like you get, I I feel like a part of me was definitely shorted with the atmosphere. Like the most painful part was just like seeing them win and then just knowing the rush that was going to happen afterwards outside the stadium to just hit the bars. I was like, Oh, I want to be there. But I think at the same point, like watching this on TV, it was just cool to see how there was a genuine, like full stadium. And I, I just remember like you have to, you have to keep in mind two years ago, this team was selling tickets for like six bucks, trying to get people in the stadium There was just, I mean, the the photos of the of Paul Brown two seasons ago to now, like just seeing the transition in culture and seeing how people want to be there and want to watch and are craving that win is just awesome. Like, and and as a fan, as, as somebody who's watched so many Bengals games throughout my entire life. Growing up in Cincinnati, like, I mean, you know it just as well, Steve, like this, this is the kind of thing we've been waiting for. And it's, it's just, we've just wanted to explode for so long, but we just can't because it, it, there's so many times where we just get there and just can't get over that hump. Um, and finally 2022, which is insane. 2022 was the year that it happened. <laughs> like, yeah, It took forever, but like for somebody like, and it, to put that in perspective too, both of us were, like, we, we've we never seen that. Like, there's so many other people lumped in this with us. And actually, I think um, maybe it was, uh, I, I think it was maybe Justin H., the other Justin H., Captain Cincy, or somebody else on Twitter. I'm trying to remember who it was. Tweeted out and said, I'm 31 years old, so this is validation yep, that, that was, the curse wasn't on
1: me. That was Captain Cincy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, but it, like, goes to show, like, there's people, like... 31 years old, you're, pretty, you're, you're a pretty good chunk of the way through your life. And to be, to be that long and just never see this one event happen when you have, like, uh, Cincinnati is not a major sports city when it, people like, look at it in the grand scheme of things because we don't have two teams like New York, or LA, or all that for whatever. But Cincinnati is a sports market, and it's a very dominated market by the fans. Like, fans care. And to go this long without a win that shows how much we care, um or I guess to give it back to the fans who have cared so much um sucks, but I'm just glad we finally did it
1: uh, yeah, like I was definitely uh to to be fair uh before I say this, I am vaccinated i'm boosted boosted uh and I I, was- I I I try to take as many precautions as I can, but uh as I was walking out of the section uh there were people just—I was hugging. I just hugged brand Oh, so many random people yeah. uh, as I was leaving the game, and like I was just like there was just general joy among people there, and like it was just such a cool experience for people that you know might not be from might be might not be from Cincinnati, might not even be from this state. You know, might be from uh, Indiana, might be Michigan, Kentucky, West Virginia, wherever they're from they all came together to watch this moment and see this see it happen and like it was just an explosion of joy after that last last stop there and after the the kneel down so like you know just for I also feel for like the people like I had a couple of friends who were there for the 2015 game uh and like I was so happy for them because they my my one buddy was like oh it's gonna happen again isn't it it's gonna happen again and i was like come on come on They're like we're up we're good we're good and yeah. then after it i just like gave him a big old bear hug i was like john we did it baby we did it and like he was just and like hey, everybody how could you not be happy after that like it was just an awesome experience like i, I even heard people like as we were heading down the steps chanting super bull super bull I was just like <laughs> we can actually say that now and this takes me back to something I heard this week from Paul Daner Jr., who is—he's uh, a Bengals columnist for the Athletic—and he was talking about how he really wanted this. Uh, obviously, he's not a fan; he's a reporter, but he wanted this for the organization just for to take away that last part of the the puzzle from people who were saying, "Oh, yeah, they've done all this, but no playoff win." Like, you know, you know Justin—they yep. had all those years where they won so many games or won the division, got into the wild card, but all those years, no playoff win to show for it, you know, like just, mm-hmm. just means so much to like all these people. And like, I, I, I'm even inclined to say a nice thing about Mike Brown, you know, like he definitely saw the vision with Zach Taylor and, uh, and pick Joe Burrow, you know, and uh, it's pretty, it's working his way right now, you know? So it's just a cool time to be, Uh, around this franchise like it was the amount of people just leaving and just excited in tears or just so jubilant after the game was definitely an experience i will never forget and i'm just going to be lucky this year that i was able to go to two really amazing sporting events that were filled with joy like the aac championship game and the uh playoff the the first first Bengals playoff win in 31 years how cool is it too that it, it came not in the year without fans but the year that fans were allowed to come back for the first time oh yeah in over two years and as, yeah. if both of those things had happened without fans it just wouldn't have felt the same like it would have felt cool for sure but just wouldn't have felt the same so and just a cool moment Cool time to be a Bengals fan. Like, like I tweeted, I didn't expect that tweet to go so well, but I tweeted on my personal the other day. Uh, Cincinnati is a good place to be right now, uh, which West Miller said in his post game radio interview, and <laughs> say, people seem to agree. <laughs> like yeah. It had like over forty retweets the last time I checked. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it honestly, it really is. Like, it's nice to be like. Just a fan, like I said, we've said this so many times already, but just nice to be a fan of Cincinnati sports and finally have some payoff. Um, some pay- playoff, either one. Uh, finally have some uh, gratification from this whole uh, lifetime commitment as a fan. Like, you know, it's it's just nice to be able to finally sit back and say something connected on the other side um and it hasn't just been this, you know, blossom where it just keeps going all the way up. You get all these expectations. You're you're looking at it's like we could go and do it and fall short every time. Um and hopefully what this will do is set off a chain reaction uh between the Bearcats and the Bengals. Um and set off a chain reaction for some of the other sports in Cincinnati as well. Um those will be uh not mentioned because you are um currently um you're you're just in a not in the same tier. If we made a tier list, they're they're in different tiers and we're not even going to mention them right now because that's going to take too much time. But um Okay, at Reds at FC Cincinnati, you need to get your shit together. I'm going to just keep saying it. But anyways, um it's it's great. It's it's just good to have winning teams and finally be one of those cities like that you know, from a recruiting standpoint for uh, football, basketball, all of that, like, that's the thing people need to pay attention to, too, is your football team's hidden. Like you said, or like I've said before on this, like, your uh, enrollment's going to go up for the school, uh, which is going to grow your profile at the same time you're doing all this, you're hitting all cylinders to go right into uh, the big 12, like these moves are huge. And if we can get the rest of the city going, just be nice to be a steam engine for a while as a, as a city wide, uh, you know, sports
0: fan. So I think that's all I got. Who day.
1: Who MF day, baby. Uh, what a day to be a Bengals fan someday. Uh, Someday maybe we'll win the, win the Lombardi, but finally that day to feel that jubilation and excitement happened this past Saturday. And I, I think the city of Cincinnati is still drunk. Like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I definitely enjoyed a postgame celebratory beverage myself. I, I saw quite a few people doing the same. I mean, it's just cool too when like there's like people like leaning out of their car windows and just doing like, yeah like, like, honking their horn like, hooter hooter and it's yeah just I don't know man it's just cool like we d- <laughs> I was talking with uh one of my buddies after and people were like he was like we're Cincinnati sports fans we don't know what this feels like we don't know how to yeah. deal with this you know and it's just he it was <laughs> so right it's, it's just crazy oh, uh, and it,
2: it's it's interesting too cuz it is just the tip of the iceberg and like like Joe Burrow said I'm right there with him on that. I 100% agree. That should be the expectation. The guys like Marvin Lewis like who just every year got there but just couldn't get it done. And it's not a play it's it's not one player. Like everybody's going to give Burrow a lot of credit. It is every single player on that roster cuz everything that needed to happen happened and it just went the way it should and the Raiders, you know, they played hard too. Um But, like, I think this is something that we should expect. And I really would love to see us as a city build a winning culture um, back up again because we've had that. We've had that. And it's, it's, but the thing is, it's felt like it's been part of our past. And hopefully, these are the uh, roaring 20s for the Bearcats. That about wraps it up. I think that covers just about everything we've got for you guys today. Hopefully you enjoyed the interview with John Newman III. We would love to get some more basketball players and football players and other athletes of all sorts and sports at UC. Um, So maybe we can work on getting some more of those. But again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Take care, guys, and make sure to be on the lookout for next week's episode at Viva La Cat's Pod. Peace.